Love this podcast? Support it and sponsor today. Simply head to OzCastNetwork.com for details. Something grand is coming to Nemecolon. Opening fall 2023, the Grand Lodge will surprise and delight with 56 stunning suites and five-star butler services. Indulge in libations at the Circle Bar and the Study before you savor the new and enchanting Fawn and Fable restaurant, where the best parts of a traditional steakhouse and a fairy tale castle create a magical dining experience. With fine dining, a spa, and over 100 adventure, golf, art, and wildlife experiences, whatever your imagination holds, Nemecolon has the key. Visit nemecolon.com for more information. Kaya, welcome to The Curb Podcast. My name is Andrew Pierce, and this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Wajak people of Perth, and I pay respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. On this particular episode, my guest is Miriam Tuzani, whose new film, The Blue Kaftan, will be screening at Perth Festival uh, from March 20th to March 26th, prior to having a theatrical release in cinemas. This is a sublime and sweet drama called The Blue Kaftan, and it's a film that will stick with me for a long time, as you'll hear in the interview as I tell Marianne. This was filmed in Morocco, a region of the world where gay relationships come with a criminal sentence, and it tells the story of Halim, played by Saleh Bakri. He is a malem, or a master tailor, who works with the support of his wife Mina, played by Lubna Azabel, and they together they create and craft these stunning, intricate, and very personal garments. Throughout the film, we see Halim working on the uh, creating and crafting the titular blue kaftan for an extremely demanding client who cannot understand why he's taking so long. After all, the machine-made garments can be constructed in half the time, and to her eyes, they look just as good. Halim and Mina have a tender, caring relationship with one another, and it's a testament to simply how great Miriam Tuzani's direction is that she's able to give these two actors the space to create a loving, genuine relationship on screen. Equally important is the understanding that the two have in their relationship with Halim seeking the comfort of men outside of his relationship with Mina. Knowing that the art of being a malem is dying out, Halim brings on an apprentice, Yusuf, Ahub Misui. And his role is to learn the trade. And on paper, with that notion in mind, the Blue Captain suggests it's going to lean into some very high drama stakes. But Miriam t- carefully and tenderly cares for her characters. And she allows them to find a moment of joy in a time of darkness. The Blue Captain was shortlisted for the Academy Awards and continues the great work that Marianne uh, is crafting and creating alongside her previous stellar feature film, Adam, which showed marginalised groups finding comfort with one another on screen. I think this is a really powerful and beautiful film, uh, one that I think is just really quite magnificent. Marianne talks about how she created the story in this particular interview, uh, but also talks about the emotional vulnerability and intimacy that the characters have and how she managed to create that on set, as well as the importance of touch too. Being able to present that sense on screen is really difficult. I was very uh, grateful to be able to spend time with talking with Miriam about her work and yeah, I really hope that you head along and go and see The Blue Captain. It is a really brilliant film. I hope you enjoy it. Here's a little glimpse of the trailer, and yeah, Blue Kaftan at Perth Festival from March 20th to 26th before heading into cinemas. Thanks. Shalom, <laughs> 
كيف بنا جبل حرفة بالصح؟ نبقى حتى واحد باغي يتعلم الحرفة علي مينا 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 Thank you so much for your time. Uh, I really appreciate it. And thank you for your film as well. What a beautiful film. I loved Adam. And then getting to see the Blue Caftan, I was just uh, taken on this beautiful journey of uh, three people effectively falling in love and uh, already being in love. And I was so moved by it. So thank you so much for telling this story. Thank you. Thank you very much. I understand that the notion or the idea for the Blue Caftan came from meeting someone during the making of Adam. I wonder if you can talk about that experience and uh, furthering and building upon that idea. Of course, it was. As, I mean, as I was um, as I was scouting for 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 Adam in the Medina in Casablanca, I met this man, uh, and uh, I was very touched by him. I was very touched by by, by what he fe- what I felt very strongly. He was not saying about himself, and it could have been my imagination, but I just felt really strongly that the life he was leading was not the life he really wanted to lead. That he had to pretend every day to be somebody he was not. I mean, that's what I felt very strongly. Once again, I don't know if it was just my imagination or in any in any case, that's what I felt very strongly. But I, ne- I never asked him any any personal or intimate questions about his life because I really felt it wasn't my place to do so. But I kept on going back to meeting him because it was a he was just very very he was very interesting humanely, and I really felt. Um, very touched by him once again. Um, I finished shooting my film, Adam, and he was still somehow inside uh, within me. And I, I mean, I, I kept on thinking about him everyone now and then. And I think I realized after it was because he brought me back to a lot of men I had seen growing up uh, in my youth, in my adolescence, in Tangiers. Uh, many couples I had seen that had gotten married because they were obliged to get married in order to keep a certain kind of facade because, you know, they had to blend into the mass. Uh, men that I had learned from far were gay, but had gotten married for those reasons uh and i mean as as a as a child and as a young as a as a young um, as a younger woman it really it really touched me but then when i met this man it was something um uh, how can i say it you know he he was really flesh and bone you know he was there and i felt felt uh, really differently uh, what I imagined he could be feeling on an everyday basis, the violence that it could represent to wake up every morning and have to pretend to be somebody you are not because the society allow you around you does not allow you to be that who you really want to be. And I just felt how how, how painful that could be every day to have to put on this, you know, kind of, you know, show, not a show, but, you know, just to to have to pretend. And so I started thinking about him a lot, and then I started thinking about what um, his wife would be feeling, because, like I said, it brought me back to a lot of couples I had seen, and I said, well, you know, in this situation, there's two people, and there's also, you know, if 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 this is a couple, what would the other person be feeling? So this is how Mina and Halim just started taking shape inside me, and eventually Yusuf came along inside the story. But he was the trigger. He was the emotional trigger somehow, because when I write, it's always out of an emotion. And this was, you know... I, I, that's why, I mean, for me, it wasn't inspired by this man, but it was the emotional trigger that made me feel the need to write this this character and then uh, this, the film that was born out of this. I, I love the bond that all of the characters share with one another, but in particular, Halim and Mina, they, they have this feeling that they've been together for a very long time. 
and there is this bond and immense compassion and admiration for one another. And I'm, I'm curious for you how you helped the actors build that relationship so powerfully for the screen. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it was essential for me that we feel this bond is true, as it was essential for me that we feel that um, anything they were involved in was true. For example, I mean, he, I mean, working with Halim and the, and Yusuf on the on the handcraft, you know, with working with the Malims, they spent a lot of time learning the craft because I wanted it to be felt. I didn't want it only to be acted. I wanted them to know what it feels like to really be sewing, to to have the experience of being a Malim. So they spent a lot of time with that. And in bonding the the in building the bond between Halim and Mina, that was something crucial as well because. It was not enough for me to have each character obviously being uh, in their place, in their part, uh, but it was also about having this, this chemistry and, and in within this couple having this feeling of... Uh, of um, just feeling that it's a couple that have been there for, I mean, they've been there for a quarter of a century, for 25 years together, that they've evolved together, that they know each other. They don't don't even need words to say what they're feeling towards each other. Um, so uh, it was, I mean, it was it was really about about making sure that these two two energies uh, that uh, Salah Bakri and and Lubna Zabal carried could also work with each other in order to bring about this uh, this uh, the authenticity of the, of this bond and then it was a lot about the, about conversation about the background of the characters who they were i mean it was a lot of work beforehand uh, before the shooting uh, for them to get to really get to know each other and just spending time with each other as well in their in their perspective roles uh, without necessarily because i don't like to um I don't like to uh, to to rehearse uh, emotions. I mean, when I rehearse with my when my uh, with my actors and actresses, it's always about just the technical aspects. But everything else that is emotional, I really love to be able to delve into and prepare right a lot of time beforehand, uh, just in order to build uh, as time advances. And then during the screening, during the shooting, it's also really about going to search for the real raw emotion as we're shooting. I always know exactly where I want to go emotionally in the scene, and uh, I always spend a lot of time with my characters, with my with my actors and actresses before shooting every scene in order to make sure that we're aligned, that we know where we're going together, where we're going to be taking these characters. And then once once we begin to shoot, we look for that together, and we keep on I keep on pushing, pushing, pushing until I get where I want to get. And um, and Halim and Mina, I was I was I mean I was thrilled by the by what I felt uh, um, was 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 there uh, between them in this in, in in the couple because it I mean it's sort of a I mean of course there's I don't know how to say it I mean there's a lot of things you can control but there's things that I mean that 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 escape you and I I knew that they were very really where they had to be each one of them in their own character. And together, this was essential. So yeah, and along with Yusuf as well, because this chemistry had to function with the three. With the three, they had to function with the two, but then it had to function once Yusuf came in as well. Uh, so that was really about finding this, uh, making it work for the three. There is so much emotional vulnerability as well between all of them, and I'm I'm curious how you allow for that kind of atmosphere to build on the set during the day uh, of shooting and give the actors the freedom to have that kind of emotional vulnerability? I try to keep a very intimate uh, um, uh, atmosphere in the shoots. I don't like to have a lot of people on set. I like to really keep it very, very private, very intimate. Uh, and I think it's essential to to respect the intimacy of the of the. Um, 
of the of the actors and actresses in order for them to be able to also continue building those bonds even when they're not shooting uh to to really be able to to be protected from from the outside world i mean it is a little bit like halim amina and their life where they've created the cocoon uh that uh, you know there is this kind of cocoon that protects them from the reality around them uh and and i think when i'm shooting it's a bit like that as well with my actors and actresses i really would like to protect them from everything and just you know to to be uh to sort of a plunge together and just cut ourselves off from the outside world and just once again spend the spend time and spend the necessary time i don't mind spending less time shooting a scene if i have to spend more time just preparing and talking about the scene before um it's true that when you're shooting a film time is always something very important because you know you need to get your scenes um, your, your scenes shot and um but for me it's even more important just to be able to put the energy before uh in preparing the scenes with them emotionally especially when you're in a film like this and there, i mean it's not the action that's leading the film it's more of the interior action that's leading the film so it's really the emotion uh and the emotion has to be placed at the right at the right moment has to evolve the way it's supposed to evolve it's really you're on a thin line um and i really like playing on the interiority i mean that's what i'm passionate about is the interiority exploring the interiority of these characters so I mean that makes it a little a, quite complex, and that's what I love. That's this complexity. You know, both of your films that I've seen, Adam and The Blue Captain, they're very compassionate and empathetic films. And I'm curious for you, as a filmmaker, is that kind of compassion, is empathy, the the strong kind of thing that you're aiming to explore or expand upon in your work? I don't know if it's conscious. I mean, it's true that when I when when I write a character, I only write a character because there's something that you know I felt very very strongly inside. Something that's that's you know that that I can't shut off. And I don't know how to say it. You know, and generally, you know, when before I start writing, you know, I it's I feel it starting to build up, build up, build up, and it's never something rational. I never think beforehand of the film I want to take or uh, to write or a subject matter. It's never like that. It's always it's always uh, triggered by 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 something emotional, uh, and that's what you know. That's what makes me feel the urge, feel the need to write a story. And it's only when I feel that I can't hold it inside anymore that I actually start writing. Um, and I think that naturally it's because there is, there is an empathy that I feel towards myself to begin with, towards, towards, towards characters that I meet, towards people that I meet in my life that, that inspire me, uh, that make me feel certain emotions that mark me. Uh, I think it's really about being inspired by, by, by other people, by, by, by places as well. Sometimes it's an encounter with a place that will provoke an emotion that, 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 that'll be a lasting emotion, but generally they're generally it's, it's characters and it's the vécu, uh, it's life experiences that just little by little start, start to, to mark, to build up and to, to take up space within me. Of course, uh, when I when I um, with with a film like The Blue Kaftan, I of course I want to be able to create empathy for the characters. Of course, I want the viewer to be in the shoes of these characters, to be able to have their experience, to feel what they're experiencing. Because, especially in a society like mine, uh, where I mean, this kind of, 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 of film does not exist. These kind of characters do not exist on screen. Uh, I think it's essential uh, that. To be able to take people to places where they don't necessarily go emotionally. Uh, for me, in, in Morocco, in any case, it's also about being able to change the perception. Uh, I mean, of course, I mean, there are the laws. 
which are what they are. And I'm hoping that a film like this can contribute in bringing about the debate and bringing about the dialogue that will not only change, bring about it or help to bring about a change of perception, but also behind it, a change of laws. And I think that comes a lot essentially from being able to 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 feel uh something that you're not necessarily feeling to just really once again be in the shoes of somebody else and not be judging because there is all these red lines that you sometimes in countries like mine draw uh and if you can through your emotion um, make fall these great red lines and go emotionally somewhere else um, that might be challenging for you. I think that's 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 something wonderful, and I think cinema can do that because when you're inside the character in in their life, in in their body, in their souls for for two hours, well, maybe it it'll help change um, your, your vision of things and help you question certain certitudes or certain um, uh, projections, certain uh, certainties that you had. Uh, and that you weren't maybe ready to question before. So yeah, empathy is the heart of it, of course. The sense of touch is so wonderfully represented as well. It is just, you know, presents how much people crave the touch of one another, crave the embrace of one another, but also crave the touch and sense of being surrounded by a beautiful garment or beautiful clothes that have been tenderly made. And I'm curious what the sense of touch means to you as a filmmaker and, and how you managed to actually present that so brilliantly on For me, it was essential to be able to 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 tell the story in, um, how can I say it, in a sensorial, sensual manner, uh, sensual in the sense of touch. Uh, because Halim is a man that you know is is completely passionate about the, about the, about his work, uh, and for me, understanding him as he works, observing him working, having the sense of him touching the material, also helps me understand who the character is. Uh, the image for me, the way the way I film things, is always. Um, in the goal of being able to accompany my characters and to better understand them, to better be able to delve into their into their 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 interiority, to seek to understand or to say things visually that I do not necessarily want to put in words, because um, I try to trip myself off as much as I can from the dialogue. I'll try to keep only what I believe is a, is essential in order to understand the, to understand the story and to understand its evolution and the characters. And um, it's true that. Um, I place a lot of importance on, on the on the fact of touching because I think that once you really become conscious of of, of it, it, it changes. I mean, it changes a lot. I think we we it. I don't know how to put it. It's it's it, it's the it's the detail. You know, it's really about the detail for me. It's really about being able to film all those things that we don't necessarily see, uh, and to be able to transmit an, an emotion. And more than an emotion, an understanding of the person that that were that were watching in a different manner. Uh, I wanted, for example, with Halim to be able to explore also the complexity of his character. I mean, his relationship, like I was saying, to his uh, to his trade, to his work, this dying trade that he's striving to keep alive in the same manner that he's striving to keep his 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 wife alive, is you know. Um, is very complex because he's trying to, I mean, he, he is sort of torn between two worlds. He's trying to keep alive a tradition that is dying. And it's also because of tradition that he's kept from being who he is. So he is a man that's torn. I wanted to be able 
to show this complexity also through this kaftan that he's making. So being able to shoot uh, him uh, in uh, les gros plans um, as he's as he's as he's uh, working the thread, uh, as he's touching the material, all these things for me help me understand who this man really is and what he's experiencing in the inside. So it's really for me a manner to really delve even further into the characters. Let's talk about that caftan as well and the choice of the color. It's such a beautiful, vibrant blue. Can you explore that or expand upon what that color means and what the actual process of making the caftan means to you as well and the characters? Of course. The, 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 the making the caftan, I mean, I never, as I was, uh, as I was imagining, as I was um experiencing before writing the character of Halim at the beginning I wasn't imagining that he was a captain maker I was just with his, with his emotion inside and when I started writing he became a captain maker and I only realized as I wrote afterwards why he had become a, a traditional hand you know um, uh, malam. and it is because today this is a trade that's disappearing that's something that hurts me uh, very much because uh, I have a feeling that we live in a world that is going too fast uh, and there are things that are being outdated that are being uh, becoming obsolete and this is one of them and the people behind this trade we generally do not see I mean we see the beautiful kaftans that are being made but we don't see the the human being behind them. We don't. Re- we're not conscious of the hours spent. We're not conscious of the effort, of the, of the, um, of the investment, emotional investment as well that it takes. And I, I mean, I only realized why I had written this also afterwards because I, I grew up um, with my mother, of course, wearing kaftans you know, as, as a Moroccan woman. But there was this particular kaftan that she always used to wear on big occasions, and this this is one that I that I absolutely adored as a child. And it was the same as the one in the film, but it was black, uh, with the same embroidery work. And I was fascinated every time she took out this beautiful garment and wore it. And I always observed her and imagined the day I would become a woman and be able to wear it myself. And as a little child, you know, I remember the years, you know, every every once in a while I would try it on and it would still be too big. And then one day, well, it fit me and she gave it to me. And when she gave it to me, I really felt the, the beauty and the power of this transmission. Uh, I felt that I was wearing uh, so many things that she had already um, uh, experienced. It's like wearing part of her of her souvenirs. It's like uh, it's like uh, keeping her with me. Uh, it, it was a very it's, it's very complex, but it's a, it was a very beautiful emotion. And seeing my parents looking at me wearing it was something very special as well. So. For me to find out a few years later that well it was this was getting even harder that these these kind of, of of garments you know were not made anymore because it's very difficult for them to get made because they are people behind them are being replaced by machines uh, a machine that can do almost the same work because if you take a machine made kaftan and a handmade kaftan you know you can't visually tell unless you turn it around and you see the stitches. And uh, so that that that's something that really pained me when I um, when I started writing. Uh, like once again, naturally, uh, Halim became a kaftan maker because I, re- I think that there are certain traditions that need to be honored, that have to be honored, that have to be uh, sublime, uh, shown and uh, celebrated. And at the same time, I believe that there are certain traditions that have to be questioned, that have to be shaken. Uh, and, and I think they both can exist in the same world. I, th- I think it's not because you love a tradition or you love tradition that you can't 
question certain traditions. And for me, that's important because because it's true that in my society, there's something very complex as well, because between modernity and tradition that, once again, I do believe can be extremely beautiful and that I am deeply attached to. So, yeah, so, and then the color blue. Uh, the color blue, basically, because... Uh, once again, as I write, it's never it's never something um, that I think of rationally. I never thought, okay, well, it's not going to be, you know, what color is it going to be? Or what color is it not going to be? I just, from the beginning, saw it as blue. Because I think, once again, that, um, I mean, I knew from the start where I wanted this, the film to end. And it was in this beautiful cemetery. I knew what I wanted to see in front of me. And it was this beautiful sky and this beautiful ocean. And the power of it, the power of it. And the possibilities that I think blue offers is, is just you know, opening up to something that's bigger, it's immensity, it's, uh, it's, um, it's, for me, it represents, um, it represents, uh, not hope in, in its, um, with its definition of hope, but just the, all the possibilities that open up and this, and the power of it. And so, yeah, so I think naturally this, this captain became blue, but it became petroleum blue and not another blue. And I spent months trying to find my petroleum blue. Because I had imagined this blue, but I hadn't seen it. So I went, I mean, I don't know how many hundreds of stores I visited looking for, for my particular blue until I found it. It was, it was hard. I'm curious, you know, we're talking about uh, making garments and, and this this kind of practice, which is is fading away in a way. And then looking back at Adam, there is that, that you know, creation of the, the baking and food and things like that. And these are often, I guess, from... An Australian perspective, we would probably call it a service industry in a way. I'm not sure what the Moroccan term would be, but there is a, a service industry aspect to it. And these are often people who are hidden. You know, they're, they're behind the doors and we don't get to hear their stories. We don't get to see the, the blood that goes into what they're creating, you know, the self that they're putting into their creation. Uh, I'm curious for you, if, uh, you know, you've kind of expanded on that already, but that exploration and the celebration of these rather... Um, these, I guess, vocations or careers that maybe usually would be considered uh, mundane or, you know, taken for granted, there is an elevation of them in your work. How important is that for you to, to celebrate and to highlight the importance of this, these works? Extremely important. That's essential for me. It's essential for me because, I mean, that's that's what touches me the most is all these uh, all, these people that we don't necessarily see, like I was saying before, I mean, we we look at these beautiful kaftans, but we ne we hardly ever think of the person that that made them. And I feel that there's a part of that soul of the soul of the artisan that's in in the garment you're wearing. And I remember when my mom gave me her kaftan, I mean, she always used to explain how long it took the person that had made it, all the investment, and that's one thing that that touched me. Uh, and I think that's also why I felt it was so special and I treasured it so much because uh, I felt what I I understood. Uh, somehow, or I felt what it meant uh, to have this this, this kaftan. It wasn't like something you just go off and buy in a store. Um, I feel I. I mean, that's that's. I'm very. I, I love observing. I love observing people. I love I love listening to to, to people's stories. I love I love spending time um, just among places um, and and watching all these 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 artisans work because I think. This is such a, I mean, you give so much of yourself uh, when making things like this, even if it be like making a Ziza, like they would, like, like an Adam, you know, it's so much, so time consuming. I mean, it, it takes so much of yourself. And that on the other side, 
nobody is really aware of, aware of it is something that just really touches me and i think that unconsciously that's why i i want to talk about uh, about these people that you don't necessarily see that you don't necessarily celebrate or honor and for me this is a way i mean through the blue kaftan i really wanted to be able to honor this tradition and i wanted to honor these particular artisans that are disappearing i sat, i spent so much time with the with the with the with the maglims before before shooting the film just listening to them observing them hearing about their lives and i was moved to tears sometimes and especially when when they said that they had nobody to 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 pass the trade on to when i they talked to me about how it was disappearing how for 15 years or 10 years they had hardly found an apprentice because most of them preferred doing um, easier jobs that were better paid and I just, I mean, it's, you know, I don't know. I mean, just like, like I was saying again, when I wore this kaftan for my mother, I really felt the soul of the person in the garment. And I think that's, you know, something that lasts, something that stays. I mean, we, we, everything is so ephemer. Everything is just so fleeting, you know. And here there's something, you know, that that's made to last. And I think we are, somehow we're changing because we don't value necessarily all these things that last. We want to consume, move on to the next, and and once again, you know, I mean, I, I I guess we're in a world. I don't know what we can do about that, and I don't know how important it is for. In any case, I'm a nostalgic, and it's important for me. <laughs> and 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 yeah, and really talking about talking about these men and these women that we don't see necessarily. Uh, for me, for me, is something essential because I'm really, really touched by by them and by the, by the investment they they all they put into into what they're doing. What I think about a lot, my mum, she makes clothes, she makes uh, things for my sister to wear, my my partner to wear, you know, dresses and things like that. My my partner also makes clothes as well, and some of my favourite things are things that they've made. You know, some of my favourite things are. are have their soul in it because if they they spend a lot of time putting energy into creating this thing for you to wear to to make you uh, look good or to make you look distinguished or whatever the the garment is supposed to be and then coming back to the food as well there's something so uh, it's why I love watching people make food because of what goes into the creation of it it is it is a soul giving thing. It's it's a powerful thing. It's a nourishing thing. And yes, we're we're losing all of that. And it's beautiful that you're exploring that and celebrating it on screen alongside these beautiful relationships. I'm I'm so grateful for your films <laughs> because they make me uh feel like there is a bit of hope that these kinds of things will continue on in the world and uh, you know, shining a spotlight on them. Hopefully somebody watches the Blue Captain and goes, I want to take up that vocation. I want to learn how to do these things. Uh, that would be, that would be wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, the, the, the way I, I, I mean, as I wrote the film, honestly, the, the kaftan evolved in the film and the writing as it was evolving uh, in my imagination. And these, the way that I really, I mean, I realized also as I was writing how this, the, the making of this kaftan was getting made in parallel with the, with the, with these bonds, because it really is as as the the bonds between these characters evolve and become more complex. So the kaftan get, is getting more complex. So that the work is getting more complex, more intricate until until it's it, it's finally made. But I really wanted to be able to tell 
this story through this kaftan, that the kaftan be a central character because the kaftan is a central character. From the moment it's born, from the blue material to the end, the kaftan also helps to tell the story and to talk about the characters essentially and about these bonds. So yeah, I mean, it is it is definitely a, a, a central character in them in the film. I've taken up so much of your time and. You know, you've been so generous with your answers. I, I really appreciate it. Um, I guess it's the last kind of thing because it's about to launch in Australia. And I'm curious for you what it means to be able to share these stories about Morocco, about these characters with the world. Obviously, it's toured around the world, but now in Australia, we're getting to experience it. What does that mean for you as a filmmaker? It's 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 a really, really beautiful emotion because... Uh, it's true that you know. I mean, I'm I'm here on, in Morocco making a film about my part of the world and you know things that have to do with my culture. But at the same time, what what is beautiful about this is that there is this feeling that um, these these characters that have their own um, how can I say it that are anchored in their in their personal culture that is maybe completely different from from the Australian culture can travel so far as to Australia and be able to connect uh, with 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 other sensitivities with other with other emotions and just 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 to feel that they can ex- exist um, there is something very beautiful that their stories can be heard as well that there is something at the end of the day that brings us together uh, and of course this is something that that you know we've all we all feel at that, and we've all spoken about but it's just really being this 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 feeling of universality you know when we're talking about about genuine human emotion uh and that's what it is at the end of the day uh it it, it takes on different forms it takes on different faces uh depending upon where we're born where we where we where we live uh, but at the end of the day you know what brings us together is is the, the the raw emotion that we all feel, regardless of where we are in the world, and that's what's beautiful as well to feel that no matter how far we are, there are things that that bring us so close to each other, and that we can be enriched also uh, differently because you know this comes through another language, not another language like another you know like like what I mean like like the language of another culture, you know the experience of another culture, but at the end of the day, you know we're here experiencing the same emotions uh, with these characters because at the end of the day, it's a film about love and it's a film about love between three beings. It's a love of a craft on one side and then there is this love between three three beings and whether we be Australian, Moroccan, uh, I don't know, uh, Japanese or whatever it be, I think, you know, it's the same emotion that that exists within us all and I think that's... uh, that's also a, a beautiful feeling. It is. I think that's a wonderful way to, to wrap up and close. Um, but again, I've really appreciated your time. Thank you so much for, for talking so generously and honestly about the film and for sharing this story. Um, I think, you know, one of the things which I really appreciate about cinema is how we get to sit with these films and these stories and then they become part of us. And in a way, while it's, you know, I can't wrap a film around me, but I can hold it within me. I can hold it in my heart. And I know that this film, just like Adam, is something that I'm going to hold in my heart for a long time. And so that's a powerful thing. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for your words, Andrew. Thank you. May you make <laughs> Love this podcast? Support it and sponsor today. Simply head to OzCastNetwork.com for details. Get great fall savings on all your home care and entertaining needs during the fall home care event at Safeway. 
Head into Safeway and get deals on products like Clorox disinfecting wipes, Swiffer wet mopping cloths, Lysol all-purpose cleaner, Swiffer wet jet mopping pads, Mr. Clean multi-surface cleaner, or Lysol power toilet bowl cleaner. Visit Safeway.com or head into your local store for more details. Offers expire October 31st. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary.